Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metza. We have a great new show tonight with some great musicians. I've uh, had the pleasure of listening to this. Uh, my first guest, uh, just this morning, checking out uh, some of her songs. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. We have Miss Becky Capel on tonight. She is uh, in her bio, says so she's 57 years old and didn't start playing until she was 42 so she's got a story to tell. Her record, That Certain Ache, uh, was called by Bill DeVille of The Current as the 2018 Best Americana Album of the Year. She's got a new record out, In It to Win It, and she has a uh, record release coming up at the Turf Club right around the corner here. But with any further ado, I'd like to welcome my new friend, Becky Capel. Becky, how are you tonight? You said it right. I'm great. Thanks, Paul. Yeah. I know when we talked earlier to set up communications, you were taking, you were at the groomer with your dog. What kind of dog do you have? <laughs> She's a Beagle Miniature Pincher Mix. Oh, they call it a Meagle. A Meagle. Her name, Skeeter Dave. her name is Skeeter Davis, which is one of my favorite singers. <laughs> <laughs> well, Skeeter, I look forward to meeting Skeeter. We have uh, my dog, Blue, uh, Roaming around the house, if we have no dogs walking by, we will have no barking from the inside. But I'm not going to uh, bet on that. But anyway. No, I don't. Me too. She's outside right now, so that's good. But Yeah. So, Becky, <laughs> tell us uh, first a little bit, because the most important info is you have a record release show coming up Saturday, May 21st, with your band, The Fat Six. Uh, my buddy Adam Levy's band, Turn, 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 and Faith mm-hmm. Boblet at the Turf Club. What time does that show start, Becky? I think the doors are at 6.30, and Faith will start first at 7.30. Okay. And, uh, so, yeah, well, and then she'll do like a half-hour set, and I think Adam, the Turn, Turn, Turn is going to do probably close to an hour, and I'll probably do about the same. So that's going to be a fun night. Tell us about the new record, uh, In It to Win It. Well, yes, it actually um, came out in March, and we were supposed to have a, a record release party at the Turf Club back in February, but there was the big COVID spike at that oh, time, yeah. so we had to postpone, but luckily we've got it rescheduled. And um, yeah, the record is, it's its kind of short and sweet, seven songs, six originals. One of them, uh, I did a cover of a Nick Lowe cover on there as well. So um, yeah, we recorded most of it during COVID, I guess, and uh, yeah. I've written the songs over the past few years. I'm not super prolific songwriter, but I eke them out. All, all, good, <laughs> all good things in time. Tell us about some of the musicians and uh, producers that were involved with In It to Win It. Right on. Yeah, Paul Virgin is uh, kind of the main guy, and he actually produced my uh, my other record, um, That Certain Ache, also back in 2018. So uh, by producing, meaning that we kind of recorded it at his house. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, some enough. of it we recorded. Uh, some of it we recorded live to tape <clears throat> with um, with Jeremy Johnson. Uh, oh, I uh, love Jeremy. He's one of my favorite oh, yeah. guys he's, in town. Oh, he's the best, and and he's an amazing drummer and an amazing guitar player. And he does it uh, both actually, at the same time. I know he can do them both at the same yeah, time. It's unbelievable. Exactly. I uh, yeah, I yeah. had he and uh, my old friend, may rest in peace, Big George Jackson, 
on my radio yeah. show several years ago, and uh, and I've seen I've known Jeremy for years. He's one of my favorite guys sure. in town. Yep. But to watch him play his Stratocaster while he's playing the drums is something you really have to see in person to appreciate. Yeah, you just have to just to see him standing anywhere in person is something to see. <laughs> <laughs> well, in Paul Bergen, I uh, stretch. Yeah. I've been a big fan of his guitar playing for years i really got yeah uh, he said to say hi because he's a fan of yours yeah well well, you know he uh i i used to go down uh every week and and hear molly mayer at uh, nice polonaise room where i played for three and a half years and i just uh, adored paul's playing so i hope some of his great guitar playing is uh, all over in it to win it as well it sure is yep it sure is and so um yeah, and and also on that certain ache, I, I'm just I'm so lucky to be able to play with Paul or have, or have Paul play with me. So, and also Eric Koskinen, who Paul also plays with now, um, is he's playing bass on a few of the songs. So we kind of have a cavalcade of musicians. But uh, at the uh, Turf Club show, we will have yeah, Eric uh, Paul will be playing guitar, of course. Eric will be playing bass, and a uh, drummer named Nate Gam. Um, who's played with Paul for years um, is, is my drummer now. So he'll be playing drums that night. And I got Jenny Russ singing backup vocals. If you're familiar with Jenny Russ, I'm not. she's a, she's a singer. She's in a couple different bands around here, married to Dave Russ, who does a lot of sound. Love Dave town. Russ. Another, another, yep, great another drummer great and drummer pr- and producer and engineer. <clears throat> yep. Exactly. So yeah, they're a pair, but well, you uh, must have... I just have her. Let's go back into the life of Becky Capel because you didn't really start banging on a guitar until you were 42 years old, which was, a, if I'm doing my math yep. right, about 15 years ago. Yep. But you, you spent some time out in, is it Portland? Yeah, when I, was, um, when I was 20, I moved to Portland, and I lived in Portland until um, I was 33. Then I moved back to Minnesota where I'd grown up. And, um, and, uh, and when I was out in Portland, I did, I did do some music. I didn't play guitar or anything and I didn't write songs. I just was singing back up in some bands and, you know, dabbling a little bit and, um, and drinking, a lot, and, dr- Minnesota- and drinking a lot of coffee. Drinking coffee. <laughs> exactly. That's what they do. In, that's how they I roll in Portland. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And drinking a lot of um, microbrews at the, you know, that sure. was the beginning of all all that stuff, but which is now we get to do that here as well. Oh, yeah. But um, anyway, um, when I moved back here, um, I, well, I, I'd had a couple of kids out in Portland, gotten married and stuff. So when I moved back here, um, I was just working full time, raising my kids and completely did not have anything to do with music or the music scene. For instance, I never got to see Molly and those guys at uh, nice. I missed oh. all of those, <clears throat> but uh once my son became a teenager, he was he was actually a pretty ripping great guitar player, and it inspired me to just kind of go. Well, I sure like to sing. I'm gonna pick up his guitar, and I knew that G, C, and D would get me whatever I needed, pretty much. Right. <laughs> that a mil- and a capo. A million. So, oh, you gotta have the capo. But it, there's a the million songs written with those yeah. chords. I've written a few myself. Yeah, I sure have too. Um, but anyway, that. Uh, that just, I just was kind of strumming, learning to strum and play along with myself just so I could sing what I wanted to sing. But then the result was these songs started coming out of me and these melodies and then these words. And I just, it just happened. I can't even really explain it. It was amazing. Your friends so, that have known you for years, it, it kind of must have blown their minds a little bit that here's a 42 year old woman. Now she's rocking and rolling. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think they're, I think they don't. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and now, and now all my friends, you know, a lot of my friends now are also rock and rollers because that's who I'm hanging out with now. But, um, but yeah, definitely my, you know, my mom friends and stuff. It's yeah. They're, they've watched me, um, watch me change, I guess, or become who I really am. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you know, there's dad rock and uh, mom rock. So the cool thing too. So yeah, you must exactly. have been you must have been really excited when you started to get involved with music to be in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, one of the greatest music uh, scenes anywhere in America. It's true. I mean, I know that now, but I didn't really know that then. Um, like I said, I had nothing to do with the music scene here, and I just I um, I just started forcing myself once I well I okay so back up a little bit I made a, my first record called For Now I mean I actually made it out in Portland because I didn't know any musicians here and so I was just flying back and forth and and um, you know recording with my old musician friends out there and um, so then I had that CD and I would go out here and I mean I was like well I can't keep going back and forth to Portland to play shows right so. I, I probably should get involved with the music scene here. So yeah, I just would bring my CD with me, have a couple in my purse and then like kind of sheepishly pull it out and say, Oh, I'm a musician, you know, which right. was like, even hard to like say those words. I'm a musician. That would seem kind of crazy. Like, well, you certainly but, can say um, it now with three records I'm, under your belt. I think I can. Yeah. <laughs> so what was your very first uh, live gig uh, playing your own songs in Minneapolis? Oh, um, I think I did a thing. I think the very first one was um, a singer songwriter thing. I got invited to play like two songs at, at a, I think it was at the beat coffee house, which, which it, 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 was, it was so, you know, I just, there's no microphone or anything. It was simply just standing with my guitar and playing my songs. And I was just, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I was now I'm a competent guitar player. I just play rhythm guitar and I do pretty well, but then it was, it was so nerve wracking. Oh, I bet. <laughs> Those first couple things. And then eventually, um, let's see, I, I, you know, I just kind of kept meeting people and doing uh, Jim Walsh's hoot nanny a sure. couple times that helped me meet a lot of people and, and uh, so on. But then, uh, you know, eventually I think I got up the guts to ask Paul Burgeon if he would ever play with me. And he, you know, kind of said, sure, I'll play with you, whatever. Yeah, yeah. right. Just tell me, just tell me what key your song's in. <laughs> well, and not, o- not only is he an incredible guitar player, but I always used to marvel at his tone. He's the tone master. He is the tone master and meister. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, uh, he's just <laughs> incredible. So, yeah, I- and he, he really ahead. is. And I, I didn't, you know, that, that was a thing where I did not... I didn't know why I thought he was so good because like, because like I said, I really didn't know anything about music or the scene or anything, but I just, I could just tell, I was like, man, that guy, it's just something different. There's something really special about him. And uh, just, yeah, he really, he totally, he just really enhances my songs. I mean, yeah. Now, so who are your, your influences? What kind of music did you listen to over the years and what, uh, songwriters and musicians inspired you to write well the that's the funny thing is i um well i listen to kind of mostly old country music is what i love 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 it's not what i exactly do but i would say my stuff has a i don't know sort of a ret it's not i'm not not trying to be retro or anything but 
Um, so I, I mean, hey, I love old, Cash, Becky, Becky Capel, yeah. old country is the best country in Paul Metz's oh, opinion. I, I totally agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, no, I totally agree. I don't want any, uh, yeah, I, I like the old stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, Johnny Cash, um, uh, I love Waylon Jennings. I love, you know, Merle Haggard. I love Dolly Parton, of course, um, all that stuff. But I don't know if, you know, if the, I don't know that I was inspired by songwriters. I just, uh, I, all I can tell you is melodies just come into my brain. And then if I can attach words to them that aren't too dumb, I'm pretty happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever works, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. Now, you must, <laughs> I'm guessing if I go over to Becky's house for a cup or two of coffee, you probably have a little Joni Mitchell in your collection. Um, no, I actually don't. Really? No, no, I don't. Okay, so I'm <laughs> going to I'm going to bring some Joni Mitchell. Too contemporary for me. <laughs> I'm going to bring some Joni Mitchell records over for you. I mean, I certainly listen to Joni Mitchell uh, quite a bit. I just, uh, but no, I I really don't have any. I mean, I've got. I should flip through my records right here. Flip through. You know, here's, Let, okay, I got, got. I got Jerry Reed, and then I got Charlie Rich. Here's Charlie Pride. Another Charlie Pride. Another Charlie Pride. Whalen. Whalen. Um, oh, Sandy Posey, Skeeter okay. Davis, more Whalen. Oh, the Five Royales. Oh, here's Bobby V, who is also Paul Burgeon's uncle. Don't know if you knew that fun fact. I kind of did, but uh, love Bobby V. <laughs> uh huh. Roger Miller. Oh, Rolling Stones. Merle Haggard. Doug Kershaw. Oh yeah. Tom Rush. The Raging mm-hmm. Cajun. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a, yes. that's a, that's the uh, uh, I'm I'm loving all those titles. Um, yeah, Buddy Holly, Ella. Oh truck yeah. Truck driving songs. The Beatles. Oh, Ella Fitzgerald, Linda Ronstadt. I'm also in a Linda Ronstadt tribute band right now. What's the name um, of the tribute band? We're called the Delindas, and uh, <laughs> we've only had one gig so far. But, yeah, but uh, it's pretty great actually. There's, there's, uh, it's almost all female. Uh, we have Rob Genetic playing drums. He's oh, Rob's the best. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, otherwise, good. Ginny Dodds and oh, love Ginny. You know Ginny Dodds. Oh, oh she's the best. Old buddy yeah. of mine and. That she uh, is is uh, partners with the great Curtisay makes her as sure about is. as cool as you can get. <laughs> She's got a lot of patience. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she does. Yes, she's well, we love we love them both to death. Well, you surround yeah. well, yourself. She's an amazing songwriter too. Yeah, I know she is. Yeah. You know, I used to have a uh, songwriters' night called the Artist Corner at Mazelax in the late nineties, and and Ginny and Curtis would perform. In fact. Uh, I'd like to take credit, and she credits me personally when I gave Molly May her uh, Molly May her first professional gig was at one of those oh, wow. artist corners at Mayslax. In fact, I, uh, a fellow was following me around, taping everything I was doing on a, a direct to CD uh, machine, and I've got one of those early Molly shows that I've got to get her. I, oh, cool! But Molly's turned into just such a phenomenal songwriter oh, and musician. Yes, kind of, you know, kind of our Minnesota's version of Lucinda Williams. And speaking of Lucinda Williams, you had a, a great quote on uh, one, I think, one of your uh, records that you put out in 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Star Tribune said, uh, Becky's songwriting has a Lucinda Williams-like balance of down-and-out grit and hopeful beauty. Yeah, I know. Good quote. Well, I really enjoyed <laughs> listening to your 
uh, music this morning, and I've heard your name. It's been bouncing around for the last few years. So it's finally nice to meet you, even though it's over the phone. Once again, uh, Becky Capel's record release party for In It to Win It is coming up on Saturday, May 21st, doors at 6.30 at the Turf Club over on University in St. Paul with her band, The Fat Six, uh, Adam Levy's Turn, 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 and Faith Boblet. Becky, I really want to wish you luck with the record and the show. We're going to go out uh, with this segment with the great Becky Capel with the song that I picked called I Don't Know. I loved it. I love that song. Yeah. <laughs> well, you are great. Uh, keep picking and grinning, and I'll look forward to meeting you in person and uh, say hi to the great Paul uh, Bergen and Eric Costin and uh, all the rest of my friends down there in Minneapolis. I sure will. All right. Thanks, Paul. Thank you. Now we're going to listen to Becky Capel doing I Don't Know off her record In It to Win It. Welcome back to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. 
This is your host, Paul Metza. We have a real wonderful musician on the line tonight, a fellow by the name of David Huckfeld. Uh, used to be uh, used to play in a band called The Pines, a very popular uh, Twin Cities band. And uh, I'm just starting to get to know his music. His name's been bouncing around my circles for quite some time now. He's uh, not only a great uh, songwriter, uh, but an environmental activist as well. And he has two shows, one that's happening tonight in Ely, Minnesota, and one in the next few days in Duluth. Uh, so with no further ado, I would like to welcome my new friend, David Huckfeld. David, how are you this evening? I'm doing quite well, Paul. Thank you. How are you doing? We are doing really well. And uh, you've got a show in just a few hours up in Ely, uh, I believe you're performing with the great Annie Humphreys. Tell us about that for the people that are streaming the show uh, up in the Northland. Yeah, we're going to be uh, showing up there at the State Theater in Ely. Um, basically, Annie Humphrey lives up at Leech Lake on a reservation, and when she caught wind of this uh, proposed uh, Huber Mill project, and when she noticed very quickly that there was no environmental impact statement done and the governor had quietly approved it, she took it very personally because her, her whole family comes from that area. And so coming in and logging an already strapped kind of a Northwood boreal forest situation uh, without any thought to what they're going to do to replenish or any of the runoff, um, just the things that need to be asked up there. It's another example of the tribes in Minnesota getting pushed around when it comes to big business. So Annie called me and said, would you come up to Ely and, and do this event, and then we'll do it again in Duluth on May 18th with Winona LaDuke. And where will it be in Duluth, David? Duluth is at the West Theater, you know, and it's 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 uh, it's meaningful that they're these are at these old historic theaters because the towns have rallied and raised money to renovate these places and keep them alive. They used to be, you know, hubs for community action, arts, entertainment, and they're they're trying to come back full strength. So, the State Theater in Ely tonight and the West Theater on the West End in Duluth on the 18th. The West Theater is just wonderful. I played there a couple of years ago, and it's being rehabbed by Bob Boone, who runs the uh, Duluth Reader. It's a gorgeous theater. It's about 240 seats. Just recently, in the last couple of months, there saw Yorma Kalkinen, and then, uh, which was a terrific show. Equally terrific was the David Bromberg Quintet. The acoustics are great, very comfortable seating, and uh, I highly recommend people uh, attending this upcoming event in Duluth. Now, David, tell us, you've been, um, I saw your name, you were part of the Water for Life concert in Bayfront Park uh, last summer with my friend Keith Sokolo that uh, was headed up by Winona LaDuke. So tell us about uh, your time working with Winona and, uh, uh, and your, your environmental awareness and how long has that been going on? Well, it's basically been going on and, and gaining um, sort of momentum and traction in my own life for for about 15 years. Um, ever since I had the good fortune of meeting John Trudell at Pine Ridge in South Dakota as a young as a young songwriter and uh, and being able to bring him to Minnesota um, to about 10 years later to work with him and so you know there's a there's a a, a really strong legacy of 
musicians joining forces, standing in solidarity with in indigenous issues, but most of it happened in simpler times. It happened, you know, kind of long ago, and so the Water is Life Festival and some of these efforts are to try to, you know, try to reignite um, sort of allyship and collaborators to get behind these fierce and powerful uh, women indigenous leaders who are just sounding the alarm over and over and tirelessly showing up to um, talk about the fact that if we don't have a healthy planet, it won't, none of our schemes are going to amount to anything. So, you know, the music is a, it has a, such a role to play, but only in if it's as diverse and as urgent as the movement itself. And so I think the idea is to always surprise ourselves and leave a very open door to uh, to who can come in and perform and, and join the message. I had uh, Marianne Moore on uh, the Wall of Power Radio Hour about six weeks ago. One of the women that was uh, uh, arrested in the Line 3 protest, the town, I'm forgetting the name of the town, but they put... Uh, it starts with an A, I know that, but it, they put out Aiken. a... a uh, yeah, Aiken, right, correct. Thank you, David Huckfeld. Um, but they put out uh, Women Who Cook was a phenomenal collection of uh, female musicians from Minneapolis regrouped uh, to do a remake uh, with with uh, updated lyrics uh, Down the River to Pray, which was absolutely phenomenal. Tell us, David, a little bit more about the mine that they are proposing in Cohasset, Minnesota. Well, this is a mill, you know, It's and the thing is, it's, you know, it's the kind of thing that's sort of business as usual um, up north in a lot of these towns, and to be quite fair, you know, the economies of these small towns rely upon this kind of business. The, the issue being... Um, you know, here's a an out-of-state company. Um, none of the tribes were consulted, not Leech Lake, Red Lake, White Earth, Boy Fort, none of them. Um, and it's taking, you know, business uh, tax dollars out of Minnesota to a company from North Carolina. The, the, the big thing, I think, is, you know, um, it's very theoretical for people down in the cities, uh, maybe not all, the people that have cabins and family up there, but for... You know, people, folks like Annie Humphrey, um, it's just another example of, you know, the cavalry kind of busting through and doing what they want. So I think the, no one's trying to shut down business. And, uh, I mean, Winona's mission is to pull things toward renewable energy and have a just transition to a new world, you know, that we need to survive. So this mill is just, uh, you know, I think what it is, it's just kind of, trying to sneak it under the table, trying to make it happen fast, making big promises, and then they're going to drag a bunch of timber out of the Northwoods, and maybe it's not sustainable, you know? And, and how would they even know? Because they haven't told anybody anything about it. So, I mean, it's an uphill battle that the tribes face up in northern Minnesota, and they need all the help that we can give them um, from down here in the cities. So uh, I just, I just, you know, before that goes in in your backyard, I think somebody should have to do a pretty thorough review of what the consequences could be. Line 3 has already leaked multiple times. You know, there's been spills, there's been disasters with that. I mean, the promises are made by white guys in suits, and they're they're broken about 10 minutes later, you know? Oh, absolutely. And uh, it's always to let uh, the lands of the people around it clean up after they make their money and, and get the hell out of Dodge. 
David, tell us a little bit about where you're from and, and how did you become uh, interested and then start playing music? I grew up in a little, a very uh, small farm town in northwest Iowa in Clay County. And, um, you know, to be honest with you, there was not a lot of music to be had in that community. It was it was um, pretty isolated, fairly conservative. And then, as tends to happen, you know, people in, you know, uncles of mine and, and friends of mine started to poke through sort of the canopy of, of uh, isolation. Um, and I began writing poems, poetry, at a very young age. Uh, and it wasn't until a little bit later that I came around to wanting to, to transform them into songs. So when I did that, um, you know, I had a little spell at a theology school in Chicago, and then I shot out of there like an arrow <laughs> and went all over the country and lived in Chicago and Denver and Tucson and Los Angeles and Montana. And basically, you know, just recovered that thread of how do you put something, present a song in a live setting? You know, how do you deliver music that gives people more than it takes from them? Um, you know, some of the best traditions in the folk music world can do that, but it's not an easy art to master. So um, I just followed that all the way up to Minneapolis and the Pines signed with Red House Records and did about five records for Red House, and then uh, I started making my own records. It's been only three years now. Um, I had an, a residency at Isle Royal National Park, and I wrote my first record there. In yeah, tell, it, tell me about that, because that sounds like just a phenomenal experience. I mean, it's. I think it's the crown jewel of the National Park Artist Program. I mean, they have residencies in about 40 national parks, and... Um, I mean, Isle Royal being the most remote, the least visited, uh, it's just about like Jurassic Park. I mean, it's another world. Mm -hmm. And once you get there, um, there's very few instructions, you know, don't die, don't get lost. Right. You know, there's no cars, there's no roads. Uh, I didn't have electricity or running water. I think when in 2000, you know, in, in, in these present times, if your minds occupy with survival, then it actually has a way of in, invigorating the the creative mind. So I just sat in my little cabin and watched the shooting stars and the freighters out on Superior and just wrote um, for 14 days by myself and, wow. and and had about 16 songs come in that way. So, it, I mean, I'm forever grateful for that kind of wilderness space and that they even have a thought that maybe an artist could sit up here by himself for a while. What a what a wonderful oppor opportunity for you. Getting back to Iowa, it was funny, David. Uh, I was just, when I was lining up this radio show, I was doing a little research on your music, and I was listening to a song. I believe it was on, on the record, uh, Room Enough, Time Enough, and I go, man, he's from Iowa. He's got to really be influenced by Greg Brown because he sounds exactly like him. And then I was going through the credits. I go, oh, that was Greg Brown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Greg. Greg has been a friend for a long time, and and that particular song um, has has some significance for Greg. He had a neighbor who just absolutely loved that song, "Satisfied Mind," uh, old country song, and sure. 
when when his neighbor was passing away, his his neighbor's son would drive him over to Greg's house and and knock on the door and say, well, "Anyway, you'd come out, you know, once or twice a week and just sing that song for my dad in the car." You know, oh, he couldn't nice. get out of the car. So when it came time to record that, I've been playing that. You know, I asked Greg, and he was happy to oblige. And I mean, I was a small place musically. Um, <laughs> it's a small place in general, but uh, there is some rich, rich songwriting that comes out of that little state down there to the south. Well, and let's not forget the great Dave Moore. You can't possibly. I I, I love him dearly. Um, known him a long time. I've learned a lot from him, and uh, he's he's a he's a song hoarder. That guy. He's got dozens of new songs that he just refuses to record. I think out of spite, but when he plays them live, <laughs> you can tell how how good they are. Yeah, well, those two have been on my radar forever. I met Greg when he started playing up in the Twin Cities in the early 80s, and I believe I sold him one of my pickups for one of his acoustic guitars, and uh, I met his uh, young daughters at the time. Of course, Pieta Brown, one of his daughters, uh, has went on to have a, a wonderful career of her own, but, you know, I've always considered Greg... Uh, I've always referred to him as the Van Morrison of the Midwest. You know, it's not a bad, it's not a bad analogy. He, Greg, I think he he likes Van's early stuff quite a bit, and there's an effortlessness to, you know, and kind of almost like a childlike approach to the simple to the joys of life. But you know, Greg can take it a few gears deeper in, especially in later records. His songwriting is, you know. It's on par with anything, anything that we see out of guys like Prine and and even Dylan. It's, I mean, it's, the poetics of it. I think Iowa City, you know, the little Paris on the plains, is uh, is a very literate town, and uh, you can feel that in sort of some of Greg's songwriting and, and Dave Moore's too. Bo Ramsey, Joe Price, a lot of those guys. Right. Yeah, Joe and Vicky Price love them too. Uh, yeah, and I would. Uh refer anybody out there in the Wall of Power Radio Hour listening land to track down Greg Brown's song uh, The Poets Game it's uh, man it's it's one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard Greg's got like you said the simplicity but also that kind of elder wisdom mysticism uh, all beautifully entwined in those gorgeous songs he writes so David what uh, uh Say once again, tell us, uh, the listening audience, the show tonight is in Ely at the State Theater with Annie Humphrey, and then in Duluth, uh, is that, is this, what, what's the date on the West Theater date? It's Wednesday, Wednesday, May 18th at the West Theater, and, uh, and Winona will be there with us that night. I think it's a $10 donation that goes to Honor the Earth. Really, it's a chance to, um, you know, to, to give some information about the Huber Mill, um, to talk about so what's going on in Indian country up north and to Annie and I have been playing a lot of, a lot of shows together in the last few years. She's become like family. And, uh, so nobody can keep it quite so strange as, as Annie and Keith and just the alchemy that happens when we get to play together. I mean, truly anything can happen. I've seen people, you know, lead a parade out of the building down the street. You know, I've seen Keith. <laughs> To materialize a round dance in a field where there five minutes ago there was four people and now there's 79, you know? I mean, just uh, those kind of things happen, so I truly enjoy it. 
Well, it's uh, it's kind of one of the beauties of, of leading an artistic and, and musical life. David Huckfeld, this has been such a wonderful uh, way to to meet you. And uh, I believe your website is just davidhuckfeld.com, correct? That's correct, yeah. Yeah, I, all the music is available there. And, and yeah, truly, Paul, it's, it's really, this is a nice way to meet somebody that you've known about and heard for a long time. So I'm... I'm uh, I'm honored to talk to you, man. Oh, and and I'm honored as well. Please uh, give my best to uh, Sokola. I love that man dearly. And uh, if you if you get a chance to talk to Greg Brown, give him my finest regards. I absolutely will. Yeah, I appreciate it very much. And thanks thanks so much for having us on and helping uh, helping promote Honor the Earth and and the cause, man. It means a lot. Any anything I can do, we're gonna. Uh, and uh, this uh, show tonight on the Wall of Power Radio Hour uh, with a song that David Huckfeld uh, performs and, and wrote with Keith Sokola called Book of Life. Support the cause. Go to Honor the Earth. Throw him some money if you can't make the shows. And David, uh, personally, as a, uh, uh, as a man who grew up in northern Minnesota, double Scorpio, who loves his water, and now lives in Duluth, and I can see Lake Superior out my window, Thank you for all you do uh, for on behalf of the rest of us uh, for keeping up the good fight. Yeah, I appreciate it, but you know as well as I do, too, that the credit goes to those frontline water protectors, and we're just trying to show up as, uh, you know, as support, uh, some wind in those sails, because they live it in a way that none of us could really imagine. So I, I thank you very much, Paul. David, have a great night. Have some great shows, and I look forward to meeting you in person. Likewise, man. You take care. I hope to see you soon. Okay, David. Thank you so much. All right. Yep. You bet. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Why do I struggle? Why do I hurt? Everybody worries. Why 
do we promise? What is existence? Why does it matter? Who should I stand by? Seeds of the future, rise of humanity. Everything is sacred. Answers in the book of life. Answers in. Thanks for listening to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. The show is produced by Paul Metza, engineered by John Supersonic Saristo. We'd like to thank our guest, Becky Capel and David Hockfeld. Follow what I'm up to at paulmetza.com. I got a show coming up on May 25th in Duluth. Nod to Bob. Tribute to Bob Dylan at the Fitker's Barrel Room at 8 o'clock with my buddy, Sonny Earl. And remember, like my dad used to tell me, remember to be kind and make someone happy.